everyone. My name is Josh Scroggins. I pastor New Beginnings Family. Just wanted to say thank you for joining our podcast and welcome. We hope the following message will be encouraging, will inspire you to grow deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about us or would like to support our ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.nbfamily.net. And as always, for all you do to support us, thank you. God bless you and enjoy the message. Hey everybody, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, Romans 12, 1-2 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Our church is looking forward to an event called Outpouring coming up in June. And we're expecting God to fill his people with fresh power. We've been exploring how to make ourselves ready to both receive and to walk in that power. We've been using the example of an electrical system to illustrate the things in our lives that can stop, hinder, allow, or store up that power. In our, in our last episode, we talked about upward-facing things that can both store up and allow the flow of the power of God in our lives. Today, we're talking about inward-facing things. These are the inward thoughts, perspectives, attitudes, and personal habits that make us the kind of person God can use for his incredible works. If you want to experience all that God has for you, then these are the kinds of things that will make you ready to receive it. Upward, inward, outward. These are the three categories, and they have in them things that act as conductors, the things that allow God's power to move through us, and capacitors, the things that act like batteries, storing up power that we'll need for later. And of the three categories, you're going to find the most batteries in the one we're talking about in this episode. The unfortunate part about batteries, though, is that you never really know how much juice they have in them until the time comes when you need them. And that's why this category, um, and it, it it is most probably neglected um, in a way that is unrealized. In other words, we can neglect this category and uh, not realize we're doing it until the time comes when we need that battery and we find out that we're stranded without enough power to deal with the situation we're dealing with. And oftentimes when that happens, when we get into a situation, a conversation, a temptation, or whatever it is, and we don't have that stored up power, uh, we don't have those reserves then it is, it is in those situations that we lose. And here's the thing. After three and a half years with Jesus, his disciples experienced the worst thing they could have imagined. They saw their teacher, their friend, their mentor, their Lord arrested, put on a sham trial, sentenced, tortured, and killed. There's events like that in our lives that happen and shake us. There's these events that we run across and maybe it isn't isn't just like what they dealt with, but we all have these events come across our lives and come into our lives. These events shake us. They can crush us. They can scare us or they can wake us up or they can do all of the above. During these kinds of events, often people gain new perspective about themselves that they may not have uh, maybe ever had before. They see places where they're stronger than they realize. They see areas where they um, could have or should have done better. They see where they missed opportunities. Maybe what they see is places they could have or should have done better. They see where 
<clears throat> they forgot to be thankful. In short, it's often the worst parts of our lives that make us the most ready for God to pour into because they are where we examine the kinds of things we're going to talk about in this episode. See, when Jesus was killed, the disciples found that their batteries were empty. They ran and they hid, afraid for their lives. In fact, Peter denied even knowing Jesus three times because his battery was empty. So you never know how much you have in you until the moment you need it the most. And as we examine this list of seven attitudes, principles, and practices, I would encourage you to check these against your own life to make sure that you are working in them all so that when the time comes and you need it the most, you're going to find the power of God ready, present, and working within your life. So let's jump into these uh, inward capacitors. And again, these are the things dealing with our inward things. So there obviously are more capacitors than this, and we're breaking this into these categories. But inward capacitors, these are the things that store up power that we will need for later. And the first one is our words. Words that you speak are the building um, of a foundation that you're going to have to live on later. The words that you speak basically set the stage for the rest of your life. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. <clears throat> those who love it will eat its fruit. So choose your words carefully. You're going to have to eat that fruit later. Be aware that what you say now is going to come back. It's going to have an effect on you. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there's any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that so that it will give grace to those who hear. Your words will actually help to shape your worldview because you believe what you hear yourself say more than anyone else. The words that you say, the words that you communicate, the words that you hear yourself say will shape the worldview that you will need when hard times come. The next capacitor, the next battery is personal growth. One of the things that we must always be looking to do is to grow in the gifts that God has given us. We do that by practicing them, by using them, by honing them. And this includes your talents, it includes gaining new experiences, it includes using your gifts, your skills, your knowledge, etc. In fact, Paul instructed Timothy of this when he said, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was granted to you through the words of prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Take pains with these things, be absorbed in them so that your progress will be evident to all. Jesus actually tells a parable about three men who were trusted by their master with gifts. Uh, now, in this parable, he was given them sums of money. It is interesting that the word used in, uh, in this passage to mean sums of money is a word well, it means something a little different in English. It's the word talents. The first man was given talents. He was given a large amount of them. And he went to work using his gift. He doubled it, right? He, he worked it. He used it. He, he, he honed it. He practiced with it. He invested it. And he grew it. And he doubled it. And, and, and the master came and said, what did you do with what I gave you? And he said, look what I did. Here's, here's what I did. I used it and I, and I doubled it. I increased it. I got better at it. I, I grew it. I doubled it. And he, the master said, that's great. You're going to be blessed. Come on over here. I'm going to trust you with more. <clears throat> and the second man was given about half um, of what the first man was given. But he did the same thing. He used it. He invested it. He worked with it. He grew it. And when the master came back and asked him, what did you do with what I gave you? The man told him, I used it. 
I took what you gave me and I used it and I got better with it and I increased it. And, and the master said, that's great. Come on with me. I'm going to trust you with even more. I'm going to bless you. The third man was given the least of the three. And what he did was he buried his gift. He didn't even use it, but instead he hid it away from the world. And this man missed the entire point of the gift and was punished. See, God has given you gifts, resources, experience, knowledge, influence, etc. The question is, are you working to grow them? Are you practicing your talents? Are you practicing with your gifts? Are you using them? Are you reading to improve yourself? Are you working to improve your health? Believe it or not, your health is a gift. Not everybody has a healthy body. Not everybody has a whole body. Whatever you have, arms, legs, sight, hearing, the ability to speak, the ability to, to, to read, all of those things are gifts. Are you working to improve your financial situation? Are you working to improve yourself as a husband or a wife or a mother or a father? So you don't know when you're going to need it, but there will come a time where you will need your gift to be at a level to handle something. And it's only then that you're going to learn how well you've done. So never stop working to grow what God has given you. The third capacitor or battery is rest. Rest is one that's very difficult. It's, it's, it's one that I struggle with. Uh, I know many people struggle with. Our culture seems to um, teach that, that busy is holy and busy is important and busy is good and resting is bad. But let me tell you, rest was actually God's idea, not ours. Did you know that? This was something that God modeled for us during creation, right? He created the world and everything in it and the whole universe, six days. And then on the seventh day, he rested. Now it's not because he was tired, right? The word rest in that capacity means simply to breathe in. He, he breathed out and he breathed out and he breathed out to create. And on the seventh day, he rested, he breathed in. This was actually later incorporated into the 10 commandments, right? Sabbath. It was a day of rest and worship. Now in the new Testament, we learned that something changed about it. So let's take a look in Hebrews 4, 10 to 10, uh, 4 to 10, sorry, Hebrews 4, uh, 4 to 10. It says, we know and so we know it is uh, ready because of the place in scriptures where it mentions the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in another passage, God said, they will never enter into my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God said another time for entering his rest. In other words, now it's not the seventh day. There's another time. Here's what he says. God said another time for entering his rest, and that time is today. God announced this through David much later in the words already quoted. Today, when you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest waiting for the people of God, for all have entered into God's rest, have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. What is Paul saying here? Well, he's saying that once um, there was a time where God said that the Sabbath or rest was on the seventh day. The problem is that, that there were Jews and there were Gentiles that were still living in disobedience that didn't enter into that rest. And so what happened is God appointed another time for rest. And he actually told David that it was coming. Paul states that we now find our Sabbath today. 
But he doesn't just say today. What we find out is that in the New Testament, the Sabbath is no longer a time. The Sabbath is a person, and that person is Jesus. If you continue to read Hebrews 4, you're going to find out that when he's doing all of this talking about Sabbath, he then switches it, and you find out that this chapter is actually about Jesus, who said, Come to me, all you who are weary and and burdened, and I will give you rest. When, when Paul says that we find our Sabbath in Jesus, and that is now what we do, in other words, we, we take a day, right? Today. We take a day and we rest from work to worship. Now, in our church, we take Sunday, just like the early Christians did. And, and in fact, when I say early Christians, I mean the New Testament Christians. Uh, but some take Saturday and they worship on Saturday. Um, a lot of pastors, including myself, we kind of take Monday as a Sabbath because I don't know if you know this or not, but for a pastor, Sunday's not exactly a rest day. The important thing is to remember that we need rest. We are commanded to do it. So are you getting enough sleep? Are you giving time to a hobby? Are you taking time to de-stress? Are you taking time to really rest, to rest physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. Uh, You need all of these types of rest. They're important. Rest is a battery. It will affect your entire life, either for good or for bad. Here's here's the last one of these batteries, these capacitors. It's work. 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, For even when we were with you, we used to give you this order. If anyone is not willing to work, he's not to eat either. Proverbs 14.23 says, In all labor there is profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. Work builds a foundation of character and a sense of purpose. It gives us accomplishment. In fact, work is a gift from God. The first thing God did after making Adam was to give him work tending the garden. He gave him a job. If you're able to work, you should be working. That doesn't mean you have to be doing a nine-to-five job, but you should be doing something, working somewhere, doing something, whether it's homemaking or volunteering, whatever, you, you should be doing something to improve your life or someone else's. When you're working, you're actually sense of value about your life that you can't get any other way. When you only live by handouts and refuse to work where you are willing, you are robbing yourself. And you rob yourself of all the good that comes from work. And our society has long forgotten this truth. When a person works and provides for themselves and others, there's a sense of confidence that comes with it. When a person expects to live off of others' work and is not willing to work to contribute, that person is robbed of confidence and value. It is a disease that will eat their self-worth over time. And work functions like a battery because it creates this foundation from which we can address the needs of life later. But it also functions like a conductor and then it provides opportunities for God to work through us while we work. In other words, you can't steer a parked car. The uh, next category is conductors. These are the things that they don't store up power, but they allow God's power to flow freely through you. These are daily habits. These are daily perspectives. These are daily attitudes, um, things that we carry with us that affect our ability to be used by God on a regular basis. Uh, In other words, these are kind of like wires in the electrical system, right? They just allow power to constantly flow through as long as they are present and in good working order. The first one is humility. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and he will exalt you. First Peter 5.10 says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you at the proper time. See, when we walk in an attitude of humility, it means that we purposely make ourselves low. 
Now, this doesn't mean that we degrade ourselves or belittle ourselves. The word humble in in this context here does mean to make yourselves low, but it doesn't mean that we degrade ourselves. It doesn't mean we belittle ourselves. It doesn't mean we insult ourselves or put ourselves down. Rather, it means that we make ourselves low by elevating others up higher than we elevate ourselves. In other words, we push them up. We push others up, and by doing so, it makes us low by comparison. But Humility is not about self-sabotage. It's about an attitude that we're just not the center of the universe. We're actually serving the God who is. And when we have this attitude where we don't exalt ourselves, we set God up to exalt us instead. The next one is focused thoughts. Your thoughts are powerful. Philippians 4, 7 and 9 says, The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Look, you can't choose what thoughts pop into your mind at any given moment. You have no control over that. So if you have a thought pop in your mind, don't feel bad about it. You have no control over that. But you can choose what you think about. Okay, it's a difference between having a thought and thinking about something. I put it this way. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from making a nest in your hair. When you choose to think on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and commendable and excellent, so when you choose to think on these things, then you position yourself to be thinking about God. If, if a thought comes in and it's, and it's something that is, is not one of those things, if it just pops in your head, then you can pop it right back out and choose to redirect your focus, redirect your attention, redirect your thoughts to something that is one of these types of things. When you're thinking about God and what he's doing, you're positioned to be used by him, to have his power flow through you and into your life. And then the last one is persistence. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Do you want God's power to flow freely in your life? Then develop an attitude that refuses to quit when you're hurt, when you're disappointed, when you're wounded, betrayed, abandoned, or when you fail, fall, or break down. Have an attitude of persistence. It's the thing that defines Christianity. I mean, Jesus persisted all the way to the cross and all the way to death. Christians persisted through persecution, even to death. In fact, Jesus said himself that the one who endures to the end is the one who will be saved in Matthew 24, 13. This life is full of things that are going to knock you down, but when you refuse to quit, it means you're holding on to God like nothing else. And you can say, devil, you might have taken your best shot, but I have a hold of my God and I am not going to let go. You can come at me with all you had, but my God is stronger. No weapon that you have formed against me will prosper. See, troubled times make us either let go of God and give up or persist and lean into him. And when we persist, God's power will be more than enough. 
If you're finding yourself in a place where you aren't feeling the power of God in your life like you used to, if you're finding yourself in a place where you know there should be more to this walk with God, or maybe you're at a place where you see hard or challenging times coming and you want to be ready, then there's good news for you. You can do something about that. Are you speaking words of life over yourself, your situations, your family, your future? Are you using and growing the gifts that God has given you? Are you taking time to really find rest spiritually in Jesus as your Sabbath, physically through sleep, mentally through de-stressing, emotionally through hobbies? Are you actually working to make your life and someone else's life better? Are you walking in an attitude that is humble, that promotes others rather than yourself? Are you choosing to think on things that you know are true, that are honorable, that you know are right, that are pure, that are lovely, that are commendable? Are you deciding that no matter what comes your way, you're not going to let go of Jesus? Are you going to persist? If you do these things, then you are ready for God to pour his power into you. And if you're not doing these things, it's time to start. You can make that decision right now. You can decide right now that you're going to speak life. You're going to find rest in God. You're going to use what God has given you. You're going to work. You're going to humble yourself. You're going to choose to think about only the good. You're going to refuse to give up. You can make that decision right now and God can help you follow it. God bless you. You have an amazing week and we'll see you next time. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us at New Beginnings Family. We appreciate you listening and hope that the message was encouraging, inspiring, challenging, that ultimately it brings you closer to Jesus Christ. If you have any questions for us or would like to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us at www.nbfamily.net. Thank you so much. We love you. Have an amazing day and thank you for all your support. We'll see you next time.